Hi, I'm Josh. And I'm Gabriel. And today on Reading the Gospel, we are looking at the Great Confession. This is found in three of the four Gospels. It's found in Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 28, in Mark chapter 8, verses 27 through chapter 9, verse 1, and in Luke chapter 9, verse 18 through 27. Today we'll be reading from the Gospel of Matthew. Follow along with us in chapter 16 as we begin at verse 13. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged his disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and the scribes and be killed and on the third day to be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Truly, I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man come in his kingdom. So here we have this great confession. This is not the first time, though, someone has called Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. Uh, this happened before, but, but here Jesus is asking his disciples, who am I? Um, and their response is, well, other people say you're the Son of Man. And he's like, but who do you say I am? This response Jesus gave to him and Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh has not revealed to you. And I tell you, Peter, on this rock I will build my church. What, what is this rock that he's talking about? Let me put it in the context. Mm -hmm. 
if the disciples recognized that he is Messiah, he is the Christ, that means they were into his kingdom. Yeah. This kingdom, what was later called church. And this is the first time Jesus Christ refers to his kingdom as a church. Mm -hmm. And Jesus Christ is establishing his kingdom. And who is the cornerstone? And we have this um, yeah. in the book uh, uh, of Isaiah. Uh, we also have it referred in a poetic form in the book of Psalms. Uh, Jesus Christ is the cornerstone. I mean, the most important piece of the foundation. Mm -hmm. And this time, Jesus Christ refers to himself as the rock. And this is a play of words with Peter, because Peter comes from Greek Petra, which, mean, which means, um, you know, a rock. And uh, Jesus Christ talks to Peter, but at the same time, he refers to himself, saying that I am the rock, that's rock from the Old Testament, from Daniel chapter 2, which was cut out um, from, from that big mountain without a human hand. Yeah. Jesus Christ is the rock. And uh, the Apostle Paul says the same in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, that Christ is the rock. In this play of words, um, the geography might not be very easy for us to figure out because Jesus Christ talks to Peter using one Greek word. And after that, he kind of points towards himself. We don't have the, the video, right? We have just mm -hmm. the words. And he says, on this, pointing towards himself, on this rock, the church will be built. Yeah. This is a misunderstanding with some people trying to say that Peter is the rock. Yeah. And uh, uh, the church is being built on Peter's tomb. I attending a, a huge, uh, very well uh, done exhibits uh, at Milwaukee Public Museum organized by the Vatican. And when you walked into the first room, it was dark, it was some little bit dark music, uh, soft in the background, and a big monitor with this verse. Mm -hmm. And the purpose of that exhibit, it took me like four hours to go around, a lot of archaeology and history. The purpose of that exhibit was to demonstrate that uh, um, the Vatican, uh, the headquarters of the Catholic Church, is being built exactly on Peter's tomb and is fulfilling this promise in this verse. And because of that, that is the Church of Christ. Yeah. Um, I do not see it. And um, uh, I belong to a branch of Christianity, Protestantism, which uh, does not see it that way. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's important to point out the the difference that that we see the Protestants see the rock as Jesus, mm -hmm. uh, where as the 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 papacy sees the the rock as Peter and subsequently themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, he goes on. Jesus goes on to say, "I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven." What does this mean? Let's go to New American Standard Bible, which is the rock of American translation, which says, whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven, is a verb tense that is not quite used, but it's there in the grammar called mm -hmm. future in the past. 
whatever you bind shall have been already bound in heaven. In other words, the decision is made in heaven first, mm -hmm. and after that will be revealed to the leaders of the church, like Peter and the elders later. Yeah. Uh, and there is a second passage where this expression is being repeated, that is in John chapter 20, when Jesus Christ breathed the Holy Spirit over them, and he said, through the Holy Spirit you know what is my decision in heaven. So whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound already in heaven. Yeah. So the Holy Spirit is the revealer of God's will. He brings the truth into the heart. He illuminates our mind to understand it and gives us the power to apply it. In this spiritual state, yeah. we can understand God's will in heaven and execute it in the church on earth. Yeah, and I, I completely agree. I, I also see, you know, as church leaders, what we do on earth has eternal impact. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if I tell someone, hey, you're not good enough, to come to God, mm -hmm. that has eternal impact. You know, they're, they're, they might walk away and turn away from God, and it might be they, they never reach out to God again. Mm -hmm. um, we as Christians can directly work towards drawing people closer to God or further away from God in our actions as well. And so we need to be very careful. Mm -hmm. So Peter, who just made this confession that you are the son of uh, you are the Christ, the Son of the Living God. A few days later, you know, he's now rebu being rebuked by Jesus, and Jesus saying, "Get behind me, Satan! Uh -huh. You are a hindrance to me." So, can you go that quickly from making an, a phenomenal, phenomenally profound uh, statement that shapes cr the Christian Church to being used by Satan? Not only Peter, we can do the same. We are human beings and we swing between these two extremes. And we have to be connected with Christ every moment. And it doesn't take a few days, it can happen- A few minutes. One sentence later. Yeah. Um, you know, we can lift Jesus up and then tear him right back down if we're not uh, surrendered and careful in what we say. And the solution to avoid that swing is in verse 24. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, it's a good intention, right? Mm -hmm. But there are some conditions. Let him deny himself. And the ver Greek verb used here to deny, it's the same verb used to describe Peter when he denied Jesus Christ just before crucifixion. Yeah. So we have to deny ourselves in the same way Peter denied Jesus Christ and said, I've never seen him, I don't know who he is. And take up the cross and look, when he refers to the same teaching, says take up the cross daily mm -hmm. and follow me. Um, that um, looks a little bit redundant if anyone would come after me, follow me. But uh, the first part is referring to the intention, to the good desire that we have. Yeah. And to that desire, or on top of that desire, we have to build the denial and taking up the cross in a repetitive way daily. And after that, we are willing or 
uh, able to follow Christ. If we do this, and if we do that daily, we avoid those swings, Peter's swing, how about yeah. that? Peter's <laughs> swinging syndrome between those two extremes. Yeah. So what does this passage tell us about God? I mean, as I read it, it's very simple that Jesus is the Son of God. And I think it's easy to overlook that to say, oh, he was just a good person or something. Or, uh, he's there's a lot of people out there, Jesus was just a good man. But no, Jesus is the Son of God. Um, he's co-equal part of the Godhead. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. Um, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. I mean, uh, John 1 very deliberately goes into, uh, specifically goes into who Jesus is. And, and So I think for, for me today, that's what it's sharing, that Jesus is God. What I heard God telling me in this passage, this, uh, this Peter, which can be me or, or anyone around me, and uh, this passage reminds me how fragile my spiritual frame is, mm -hmm. how easy it is to lose sight, to be distracted, uh, to focus on something um, that I need and I need it now. To have Peter, who just said, you are Messiah, the son of the living God, and to go to him and say, uh, God forbid, uh, never do that, starting to rebuke Jesus Christ, that's something that is, you know, uh, hard to understand. Yeah. But we are human beings. Uh, we are cracked vessels, and the living water that we received yesterday might be leaking through the cracks, and we need a new and fresh revelation of God every day. Father God, we ask that you give us this new, fresh revelation every day. Amen. That we will not rest and, and stay satisfied with where we're at right now, but we will seek to see your face, that we will get to know you more and more each day. And that, Father, we will one day soon see our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in the clouds. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.